What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rebuild Stronger podcast, where we talk about all things powerlifting, strength, sport, business, and life. Hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about all things safety. So in the gym, I think there's two different things to think about when it comes to safety. We can talk about equipment and we can talk about mindset around safety. And it is one of those questions I get really often. It's like, John, are you afraid to get hurt? Are you afraid to hurt yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I actually, I always remember this quote of Joe Sullivan talking about how every time he puts his wraps on, he's wondering if if this is going to be the moment. And I'd be lying to you, especially as I get older, if I didn't think to myself, man, like I am, I am one bad injury away from maybe all of this going away just because your recoverability as you get older is more difficult, right? Um, Not to say I wouldn't like fight tooth and nail to get back to it, but we'll get to that in a second. One of the things I harp on my own athletes quite a bit is easy stuff that you can control. So I want to go over that real quick and like a couple things you can just stuff in your gym bag for extra safety that I think a lot of people don't really think about. So the first one is things you can control when it comes to safety. Now, if you're looking at me, if you're watching this on YouTube, then you will see like in my rack, I've got these big thick spud straps and I typically have a spotter with me. Um, and it, that, those are things that I can control. I've upgraded the bolts in the rack so they can handle if, if something crashes down. Um, I've had to use these before these, these constraints and these tools before, and they have saved me from injury previously. So what I tell people is use spotters, use the safety pins, Use straps if you can use them. Use the safety equipment that is available to you to keep you safe. God forbid you'll actually have to use it, right? Like hopefully that that day never happens where you got to dump a squat or you get stuck underneath a barbell uh, doing bench press. But if the safety stuff that you have control over to use is there, then you could have saved yourself a at least a huge hassle of figuring out how to get the bar from wherever you end up dumping it. Uh, and at most, you, you could save yourself a really substantial uh, injury. You can save yourself from that by using the safety equipment that's in front of you and using appropriate spotters. Really good example of this. I equipped raw, or I, I compete raw and equipped. And if there's anything that's kind of kept me from progress when it comes to my equipped lifting is that I don't like to train in the shirt here. Uh, And there's a couple reasons for that. It's harder for me to get the shirt on alone, especially with the one that I'm using currently. But also my wife who typically spots me isn't as confident in being able to spot me in a shirt as she is with the other lifts. Uh, so the margin for error is substantially less. The weights are much more extreme. Um, yes, it, I'm raw benching over 500 pounds with her help, but when we put a shirt on, it gets to six very quickly. And 
that can change, like the bar path and everything because of the shirt can change in an instant. So the risk is a lot higher. So I don't, I don't train the shirt very often because that's also a choice that I'm making that I'm just not willing to take that level of risk because it's not just going to hurt me. It's, it's also possibly going to hurt her. So, you know, have the things that you can control, have spotter arms, have straps in place, have spotters, use all those things. Um, and that kind of brings me to the, the next piece of what, what you can bring with you, because I don't, I don't think you should be like traveling around with a barbell or traveling around with spud straps. Like your gym bag would just end up being a truck, an entire vehicle. And that's not realistic. But there are a couple things that you can bring with you that can substantially cut down on your risk when it comes to some of the lifts. Now, I'm going to highlight here that what I'm going to mention isn't typical gym equipment. Knee sleeves, wrist wraps, a belt, any of these things aren't going to decrease your risk for injury. I'm looking at what are some things that can help guide your training a little bit better, can help you mitigate the risk of common injuries uh, that you can handle and just throw in a gym bag. So the first one, <laughs> and I'm going to try not to go on a rant here, but the first one is chalk. And God bless the people that developed um, liquid chalk because it's made it more accessible across many, many gyms. I understand gyms that uh, don't want chalk in them because of the mess, but I've always looked at, as, at chalk as a safety device. Gonna take a quick break here and ask if you could do me a huge favor and leave a rating on the show. Every little bit helps so that we can get more and more quality information out to lifters just like you to help as many people as we possibly can. So drop a rating, appreciate you so much. I wouldn't be able to do this stuff without all of you guys. Thanks, and let's keep on going. Uh, what a lot of people don't really think about and what takes a lot of time to observe is that knurling on the barbell isn't what rips your hand open. Um, I've actually got in the rack right now, I know it's not kosher, a rogue deadlift bar, but the knurling on it's super, super aggressive. But that's not what tears your hands open. What tears your hands open are poor bars that rotate or twist within your hand. For a callus to get torn off, it has to bunch and then get pulled on. So it has to basically get ripped off like a Band-Aid. And that doesn't happen with aggressive knurling bars because they don't roll. They stick in the hand and they, especially if you grip them correctly, they don't move around that much because the knurling is so aggressive. And that's the last, that's what chalk does is it then takes all the moisture away from your skin and decreases the chance of it slipping even more. So yes, can you lift more weight with chalk on your hands? Absolutely. But can you lift it safer without getting blood on the bar, without tearing calluses open, without any other risks like that? Yes, 100%. It is a safety device. So pack a little bit with you, especially now that you can use liquid chalk in most gyms. Bring it with you. The second one, uh, and we'll get into to risk tolerance here in a second. But I think lifting straps get a really bad rap. I've got two different versions here. I've got what I personally like to use, which are the VersaGrip Pros. Um, but then I, I have a, a just basic hot pink uh, Harbinger wrist strap here. 
And especially when we're talking about high rep stuff or we're talking about traveling where they're not gonna allow you to have chalk or maybe a foreign gym, these are a great thing to have in your bag to save your hands. Um, it, it, people don't really think about it too much. High rep rows, uh, heavier deadlifts, especially for repetitions, can tear your hands up. And if you don't have another option and you don't have straps in your bag, then you risk tearing your hand open or not being able to pull as much as you would like that day. Yes, we were talking a lot about deadlift because I think bench and squat really come down to making good decisions, which we'll get to here. Um, but when it comes to a lot of the things you can control that are small, a lot of it's gonna come down to grip and how you actually interact with the bar. Last one, and a bonus one. Everybody loves how much I love this device if you've worked with me before but a cheap $30 crane scale from Amazon. Um, there is nothing better than going to a new gym or going to a different gym, and if you use bands or chains or use any type of accommodating resistance, not knowing how much it actually weighs. Uh, so having this in your bag, and it's a nice, small, easy, portable device that you can use anywhere, can help you dial in some of those things so you're not overloading the bar too terribly much. And I've seen this actually happen quite a bit because Rogue, Elite FTS, Jump Bands, they all have different colors for their type of bands. So if you, if you know like the thickness, then you can gauge it relatively well, but some people just grab the same color band and they throw it on there and they expect it to be the same and it's substantially heavier and they start to put themselves in, in a bit of a risk. So those are like the three things you can just pack and have with you at all times to help, especially from a safety perspective. The last two things I want to talk about. The first one is from a safety perspective, making good choices. So I haven't missed a squat in training um, since before 2019. So I've got like a three year streak here where I have not missed a squat. Um, and it's been heavy. I've, I've been close to the nines in my suit. I've been, uh, well over 800 in wraps multiple times and i've taken 765 in in just sleeves so it it really comes down to a lot of safety also being making really good choices uh dial in your attempt selection dial in the numbers that you're going to use and really gauge what you're actually capable of on the day and this is a really important thing from a safety perspective of choosing good jumps, choosing good numbers, choosing good uh, progressions as you actually work through your workout. You may walk in and say, man, I'm gonna bench 225 today. That's gonna happen, that's the goal. All right, cool. If you get to 185 and it feels like trash, 225, you're just gonna have to readjust the expectation and you're gonna have to go for what's there. It's an important aspect because you have to make good choices over time to develop the skill to be better at lifting so that you can get stronger over time and get stronger with your lifts. Because the more time you spend banging your head against the wall and forcing repetitions and forcing weight, the longer it's gonna take you to actually get to the mountaintop. And that takes me to the last piece. If you've interacted with me at all, if you've listened to any of my podcasts through Clinical Athlete or any other medium, uh, one of the big things that I like to talk about is risk assessment. Like what is your actual risk tolerance when it comes to this sort of thing? And we talk about this in business a lot too, like what, what's your risk tolerance in business? But for lifting, you have to decide your risk tolerance. And if you're a coach, you have to assess the risk tolerance of each of your athletes. 
is important because the higher the weight goes, the more closely you reach elite, the higher the risk is for injury. And the higher the acceptance of that risk has to happen because you have to train hard with extreme weights that have less margin for error and can do more damage. Like 200 pounds falling on my chest versus 500 pounds falling on my chest in a bench press is a substantially different type of force production. So we have to accept that, hey, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna push towards these boundaries and these limits of my own human potential, that's gonna come with risk. And risk that we can't actually like objectify at this point. We don't know all the factors that go into injury. And there are times where shit just happens. And those are the moments that make, you know, some of this really difficult, especially if you're an elite level lifter, when that thing happens, you're like, why, 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 why? Sometimes it just does. Cause you're dealing with extreme weights. You're dealing with extreme performances. And in many other sports, we've accepted it. I understand. And like, I always use pro football as a great example. I understand those guys are getting paid millions of dollars, but they've also signed off on the risk of things like CTE and ACL tears and broken ankles. Uh, all those things that are inherently a risk within the game. So we have to accept the same level of risk and it's okay. If you're like, Hey, I want to do this for my health. I enjoy this. I love getting stronger. I have no intentions of competing on an international platform. And I don't want to put myself at risk where I get hurt bad enough that I can't go to work or something like that. That's, that's, that's good. It's a good thing. It's good to, to know and understand what your risk tolerance is going to be because it's going to better help you guide decisions. If that is your decision-making process and you say, hey, look, these are the reasons why I lift. These are the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's not to go to IPF or IPL worlds or, you know, whatever federation it is that you want to go to. Then you can go in and say, I don't have to take an extreme jump to, to hit that shot today. Like I can take the more conservative route. I can do that thing. That's just a, another stepping stone in that direction, as opposed to somebody who has accepted more risk. They want to go to worlds. They want to go to those things. They're on the cusp or they're, they're there already. And they're trying to eke out every additional pound where they may take a more extreme choice and say, I'm going to go for it today because of whatever reasons they may have on the training session. And they still have to make good decisions. That doesn't mean that they just like make terrible, crazy, stupid decisions, but it's more calculated from a risk standpoint of what their actual goal is. So that's my take on safety. I know it was, uh, there was a lot there. Um, please support the channel, throw a like, subscribe, any questions. You know, I, I love getting questions from you guys and being able to answer them because it helps inspire this content. So thank you so much and I'll see you on the next one. What's up Rebuilders? Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also leave a rating that helps people like you find the show and reach more people. Appreciate you. See you at the next one.